Prison Radio on CQT 90.3 FM in Montreal and on www.cqt.ca on the World Wide Web. News, interviews, and music featuring the voices of prisoners, their allies, and supporters. Tune in to the Prison Radio Show on the fourth Friday of every month between 11 a.m. and noon, or on the second Thursday of every month between 5 and 6 p.m. To get involved in Prison Radio or finding help searching for past programs, email prison at cqt.ca. You're listening to The Prison Radio Show on CKUT 90.3 FM. Today is Friday, June 22nd, and this is an entirely pre-recorded episode of The Prison Radio Show. Today you'll be hearing an interview with folks from the organization Rap Battles for Social Justice, which is a Montreal-based group that puts on live rap battles on different social justice themes every few months. Their upcoming show is about prison justice. On our last show, we aired part of a discussion between Amina Mohammed, Nazrin Himada, and Sheena Hasko about science fiction and prison abolition. Today, we will air the second and final parts of that discussion. Up first, some news. 
According to itsgoingdown.org, the Gainesville chapter of the Incarcerated Workers Organizing Committee and the Campaign to Fight Toxic Prisons have joined the call initiated by prisoners in Florida and Texas for actions demanding an end to mass incarceration and prison slavery around Juneteenth 2018, which is Tuesday, June 19th. Juneteenth is a celebration of the official end of chattel slavery in the United States. It marks the day when, two years after the Emancipation Proclamation, news of freedom reached slaves in Texas. Prisoners in Texas and Florida, many of whom have been at the forefront of the massive prisoner-led movement to bring about desperately needed changes in the U.S. prison system, are calling on allied groups fighting for prison reform on the outside to organize community events and direct actions in solidarity with planned strikes and other actions by prisoners in facilities in both states and around the nation on, June, on Juneteenth. Also according to itsgoingdown.org, on June 14th, eight more cases were dropped in the felony dragnet prosecution of protesters mass arrested during President Trump's inauguration on January 20th, 2017. 36 people still face multiple felony charges with sentences of up to 60 years in prison. According to an article published in The Guardian earlier this month, U.S. authorities are transferring into federal prisons about 1,600 immigration and customs enforcement detainees in the first large-scale use of federal prisons to hold detainees amid a Trump administration crackdown on people entering the country illegally. An ICE spokeswoman reported that five federal prisons will temporarily take in detainees awaiting civil immigration court hearings, including potential asylum seekers, with one prison in Victorville, California, preparing to house 1,000 people. Officials of a prison employees union said the influx of ICE detainees raises questions about prison staffing and safety. Union leaders at prisons in California, Texas, and Washington State, who spoke who spoke to Reuters, said they had little time to prepare for the large intake of detainees. At Victorville, the prison getting the largest number of people, workers are moving about 500 prisoners to a medium security facility in order to make space, said John Kostelnik, local president for the American Federation of Government Employees Council of Prison Locals Union. He said, quote, there is so much movement going on. Everyone is running around like a chicken without their head. An ICE spokeswoman, Danny Bennett, said, quote, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement is working to meet the demand for additional immigration detention space, both long and short term, due to a surge in illegal border crossings and a U.S. Department of Justice zero tolerance policy. She added, quote, to meet this need, ICE is collaborating with the U.S. Marshal Service, the Bureau of Prisons, private detention facility operators and local government agencies. An article recently published in the Ottawa Citizen, written by Sandra Kahan Chu, Director of Research and Advocacy at the Canadian HIV AIDS Legal Network, and Stephen Simons, former peer health counselor and healthcare representative at Workworth Institution, is calling attention to the federal government's recent announcement regarding needle and syringe programs which are being implemented in two federal prisons this month and will reportedly be implemented in all federal Canadian prisons starting next year. According to Chu and Simons, the federal government's stated plans for how needle and syringe programs will be implemented does not take into account many very important factors. The fact that the programs are being delayed more than they already have is in and of itself an issue when, quote, every day of additional delay could cost prisoners and the communities to which they ultimately return dearly. 
Chu and Simons go on to say that when prisoners face far greater risk of HIV and HCV infections and other serious harms, including abscesses, related infections, and overdose because they are denied a health measure that has been proven to address these harms, the government is failing its obligations to protect the health of prisoners, the safety of the prison workplace, and the public. Every infection, devastating to the prisoners themselves, also has serious implications for the public purse. In short, government must move as swiftly as possible to provide prisoners across Canada access to those vital health services. Chu and Simons also argue that the federal government has long chosen to ignore evidence which shows the necessity of needle and syringe programs in prisons, citing a 2012 lawsuit in which Simons was a co-applicant. The lawsuit sought to uphold prisoners' constitutional rights and implement these programs. With the promise of the first prison needle and syringe exchange program in North America, myths about how such programs promote drug use and prison violence because prisoners are somehow not like other Canadians are being presented in order to stall the implementation of the programs. These claims are both hurtful and wrong, Chu and Simon say. The idea that respecting the human rights of prisoners will somehow diminish the rights of prison staff is also untrue. Now that CSC and the federal government are moving forward with this long overdue health service, it is key to do things right. This means needle and syringe programs must be rolled out in accordance with best practice in public health so that prisoners are actually able to benefit from the program. This will require ongoing engagement with prisoners in appreciation and respect for the evidence that demonstrates how the programs can and do work and the political will to stand up to naysayers whose arguments are not based in fact. Anything less will lead a program destined to fail and a betrayal of prisoners and the community's health. In other news, Abdul Abdi, a former child refugee whose threatened deportation sparked outrage across Canada, had his judicial review hearing happening on June 19th this week. According to the Globe and Mail, the application for judicial review sought to challenge the government's decision to refer his case to a deportation hearing, arguing that that decision was unreasonable, unfair, and contrary to the Charter of Rights and Freedoms and International Law. We will share more news that comes up about Abdul Abdi as it, as it shows up on our radar. On June 16th, Debbie Africa was released from prison after serving 38 years. She is the first of the Move 9 to be released on parole. MOVE is a revolutionary black liberation organization that has existed since the early 1970s, and the prison radio show wanted to say welcome home, Debbie. On our last show, we heard part of a panel from an event that took place in Montreal on the 29th of May. The event was a launch for the film Emergent Visions, No Prisons, which is a 10-minute prison abolitionist science fiction film. The film screening was followed by a discussion on prison abolition, transformative justice, and science fiction. The moderator of the discussion was Amina Mohammed, a queer Somali Muslim community organizer and educator. Amina talked with Sheena Hasko, a sculptor, anti-prison organizer, and settler living and working in Montreal, and Nazrin Hamada, a Palestinian writer, editor, and curator based in Montreal. In the first part of the discussion, which we aired last week, Amina, Sheena, and Nazrin each introduced themselves and talked about what prison abolition meant to them. In this next section, Amina, Sheena, and Nazrin talk about trying to imagine a world without prisons. Okay, so um, I wanted to ask the both of you like, what a world uh, without prisons would look like, and um, if that's even possible to imagine. I think a lot of my thinking around abolition these days, as I mentioned before, is around uh, punishment, but also specifically in relation to mental health. Um, my 
coming to anti-prison organizing because abolition thought thinking comes through um, having family members on the inside, having members, family members in conflict with the law due to trauma and mental illness. Um, and then now in my day to day having a couple different people close to me, including family, some chosen family. Um, just having pretty serious mental health crises and that bringing them so in proximity to the state. And if we can see prison as an extension of the state itself, um, thinking of the ways like mental health care instead of an act carceral tentacles and things like that. So these days when I think of a world without prison or a prison abolition future, I think of how trauma cannot lead to someone being on the inside. I think how someone being able to get supported for their trauma means that um, they're not suffering in a way that they inflict harm on other people. You know, this is sort of my thinking around um, prison abolition these days and what a world without prisons is. Um, so again, it's less, it's more a way, a way of relating these days. Um, and yeah, just to put it out there before I forget, uh, picking up on what Nazreen said, I have like a handout. I'll like throw out different artists and different sort of thoughts that I'm thinking about these days, but I have kind of a, a list of way too many resources of things that I'm reading and thinking about right now. If people are interested, I made a bunch of copies for people. Um, just because I like things and I forget to take notes. <laughs> and again, it's important to know that like this sort of thinking is not new. I feel that, especially in pop culture these days, like Thinking about prisons, be it through music, be it through art, be it through film, um, you know, Netflix even. <laughs> like I think there's like a, a, a popular lexicon that's more present right now, which I think is super important, but also just situated in um, thinking that isn't just, you know, Netflix thinking. Um, so yeah, for me right now, like a prison abolition politic or a world of prisons is really about mental health care and care, um, and care of people when they cause harm. And I don't really have answers for that now, right now, but it's it's where my mind is at these days. I mean, I just want to say thank you for moderating and presenting on yeah. your work right now. <laughs> it's like, amazing. I want to take your question and just like go a bit like deep and minuscule with it, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to like think about it. When I think about uh, imagining that world, I don't, I really think about it in like, I think about it so much in the way that I am in my relationships, in my immediate relationships with people, in my immediate friendships, with my family, with how I, I am on the street, if like how I, what if I see something is going down, how I react, how I should react. Those are the things that I'm trying to figure out because I feel like I don't want to go in a, in a future where that just feels like a very, um, uh, a very daunting thing to, to think of in terms of what a world without prisons would look like. I'd like to practice that in the present moment in the everyday with the people that I love, first and foremost. I feel like that's what's important to me. I feel also that it's really important in terms of, you guys mentioned like self-growth earlier or something, Is that, did someone talk about it earlier? I think that was a, 
Lola, you said something about growth. I get nervous. Yeah, but I did, but I did say it. Well, I love that. And I wish you would say more. Do you want to say a little more? I can't think I can. Okay. <laughs> I really want to just like get really cheesy with it. Like I'm like, I feel like I, you know, want to make sure that when I wake up in the morning, I do the things that I need to do so that I'm not in a bad mood. And I like treat the people who are gonna who I'm gonna like encounter with deep respect and kindness, you know? And so this is like, I'm serious, when I'm like talking about this, I'm like, these are the ways in which we can like bring the, bring down that question to the ways in which we are like uh, very much responsible for our own actions and how we treat others to go back to, to harm. And I feel like harm is often caused with the people we're closest with, and that's when that's that's where we need to pay attention to in order to get bigger. And I think that's what emergent strategies is about, is it not? Right. <laughs> anyway, I'll stop there. Um, one zillion percent agree with that. Um, I just sort of wanted to extend to say like, yeah, I guess prison abolition can be both like a micro and macro thing mm -hmm. that we do on, because that's how structural violence works. It works on an individual level and on a systemic level. We reproduce the harms that the systems are creating um, and vice versa. Uh, so I feel like, yeah, maybe doing a two-pronged approach of doing the community activism work and, and educating folks and also doing the daily practice of prison abolition in your own life and in terms of like limiting the amount of harm you cause in community um, and being accountable to that and I think maybe like embodying and modeling transformative justice and how we deal with conflict um, and how we deal with harm and, and how we deal with, with punishment and I think we to a certain extent all embody different levels of, 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 of value and punishment and, and <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I think maybe just like uh, letting go of our own attachments to these systems and, and, and the ideologies that they're embedded in. Can I add one yes. question? Um, something I wanted to, uh, again, it's on this way too long resources that I made, um, is also thinking of resistance on the inside as a form of abolition. Um, so I think sometimes we think of prison abolition having to come from the outside, like either at the academy, either sort of like larger scale organizing, but also thinking of like people on the inside and the day-to-day -day things they're doing to sort of resist the situations they're in. Um, and that, because especially I find with lack of internet access in most places on the inside, like the chasm between communication on the inside and outside is growing bigger and bigger. Um, there's amazing projects like Prisoners Correspondence Project, <laughs> shout out, um, that you can get involved in chat with folks. But one thing I wanted to think about too, and there's been a ton, a ton of really awesome like resistance to the carceral state in Quebec even, you know? And I think we could look to what has actually happened on the inside as these moments of pushing back against the system that are, are a form of abolition. Um, and that like all that is a part of a bigger continuum um, versus it being something that's over there to be strived to. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to say that to sort of like acknowledge that a lot of really important work is going on on the inside to sort of be like, fuck this shit. 
Um, I also want to draw attention to the zine. I feel it's um, many folks in the room will probably be aware of it already. It's called A Brief History of Prisons and Resistance to Them in So-Called Canada. It was published on the itsgoingdown.org website. Um, it looks like this. It's free on the internet. Um, and I think it, it was made by some folks who do anti-prison work, and I think it does do a good um, thing of also just like looking to sort of what has happened even within like a hundred kilometer radius from here as far as pushing back against the carceral state and that um, but also sort of knowing that um, just like knowing the history and trying to find more information on sort of what's happened and what's worked and what hasn't worked so that's my two cents on that You've been listening to audio from the launch of the film Emergent Visions, No Prisons, which happened in Montreal on May 29th and featured artists and organizers Amina Mohammed, Sheena Hasko, and Nazrin Himada. In this last section of audio from the event, Amina, Sheena, and Nazrin talk about complicity in systemic structures that shape our world and about trying to change the world. Maybe as a starting off point and a message to kind of take home with you is like, attempt to subvert wherever you can and like initially when I first got access to the prison like on our way back home on the drive everyone was sort of discussing how they felt complicit and I really don't think I'm complicit I'm, I'm really excited and, and able uh, like and happy to be able to to interrupt and interfere um, so as just like a strategy uh, taking home with you like recognize that we're all really privileged humans that have like incredible access and the ability to not only educate but advocate and like start prison abolition in our own communities, in our families. And I think like going back to my original point, this film isn't really for us, it's for the folks that value prisons and, and value um, having those systems. And so yeah, taking taking the knowledge that we have and, and, and applying it when we can. Uh, but love to hear what people have to think. Can I say something to yeah. that? I just want to read this amazing quote. I feel like it really has a lot to do with what you just said. Uh, she's one of my favorite writers, Aisha Sabatini Sloan. Um, she, uh, she tweeted this. She says, just a friendly reminder to allies. If your alignment with the concerns of marginalized people benefits you more than it inconveniences you, you are probably doing it wrong. And I feel like that's such a fucking important reminder because just to go back to what you're saying and to go back on the growth comment, I feel like in terms of like trying to work our way through what it means to be complicit or complacent or like thinking through like guilt or privilege or whatever it is that we're processing when we're doing this kind of work, I think it's deeply important to go back and just be like, what am I missing? Who have I not read? What, I have, what haven't I learned yet? How come, what do I not know? How do I get to know about it? What do I need to do to move forward and like seriously transform myself in the ways that I need to in order to get to a place where we always know more and know better and understand ourselves to be uh, uh, in a place where our main concern or intention should actually just be to change the world, period. So you think I'm
That was the song Cold War by Janelle Monet, and you're listening to the Prison Radio Show on CKUT 90.3 FM. Up next, you'll be hearing an interview with the organizers of Rap Battles for Social Justice, a Montreal-based organization that organizes rap battles every few months. Their upcoming rap battle is happening on June 26th, and the topic is prison justice. First of all, thank you for joining us here on the Prison Radio Show on CKUT 90.3 FM. Mode, you are an organizer of Rap Battles for Social Justice. Can you tell us uh, what what is a rap battle? So rap battle is a confrontation of um, two different uh, opinions uh, by using the rap as a media. Um, as a media. So rap battles for social justice um, had been created by uh, Dan Parker like in 2015 year. And um, the idea was to to kind of marry the entertaining of the rap battles and um, the messages of social justice. To spread the word about the, the social justice causes in the society. I noted that in the past there have been different themes. Like There was one on climate justice, one on Palestine... At this time, the theme is on uh, prison brutality. Do you want to talk about why you chose that theme this time? The the prisoners are people who are mostly neglected in the society, and especially their voice. Um, We want to highlight their voice. Also, there's a... There's a huge uh, social injustice um, about the incarceration and about the double standard. What's the double standard? It's uh, the numbers and the statistic that proves that there's a incarceration of a part of the population that is mostly poor and marginalized people. Joining us here for the interview, we have two people who will be performing at Rap Battles for Social Justice, which t- which is going to take place on Tuesday, the 26th. Do you want to each introduce yourselves? Uh, hi, my name is Owo. O-W-O means one within one. Um, I'm a spoken word artist, and also uh, I do a little bit of R&B and pop music. My name is Fallon, and I do poetry, slam, spoken word, and rap music, too. What does, what does rap mean to you? You're participating in the rap battles. What does, uh, what does it mean to you? Um, rap, I see rap as poetry. Um, poetry is just a way of like laying your soul out, all the feelings, all the exterior, exterior stress. It's just a way to just to feel better. It heals. That's what it does to me. To me, it's a medium that we can use to share ideas, debates, critique about life and how we feel in this shitty world sometimes, and we need to express ourselves. And with music, it's always easier. It's like creating a, I don't know, yeah, it's a good tool. What makes rap special? Like, what makes it different than other kinds of creative expression, like drawing or maybe even like other kinds of music? Um, 
basically um, rap what it does to me like what's so special about rap is because you're talking at the same time you're rhyming and you're, you're talking with this with passion it's 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 a it's a t genre of music for for those who have been through oppression who've been through uh, situations that you know a regular person doesn't go through so rap was our way to express them those feelings yeah to me rap was the only way to express what I felt when I was in jail because before I was doing poetry and but I felt like I don't know it's a soul it's a spirit it's a story you see like of I don't know all the story of the rap too and as I will say it's like oppressions and yeah it's like playing with words with music and saying something in the same time to me yeah it's my favorite kind of music also <clears throat> rap is um is a way uh, to express uh, yourself that is very accessible like you don't need to to sing melodies or everybody can rap did you try other types of creative expression before finding rap or spoken word poetry as as your place uh well uh I see, I see I, I did a lot, of, a lot of bad things and uh, a lot of I did I tried to draw but none of those things were helping me you know until I started just writing poems and I noticed it changed my life so yeah no nah, not really yeah I try to sing with a guitar but my voice not so beautiful and the only thing that I don't know helps me in life it's playing soccer so soccer and rap I think are the most powerful things to me Why do you why do you want to talk about um, prison brutality through through rap? Like it seems like a pretty heavy, tough topic. Um, why do you think like rap would be a good medium to address prison brutality? Well, um, rap I find rap is like uh, music in general. Um, as artists, we're politicians. I find right because we're able to convey a message to a lot of people that don't necessarily share the same opinion. Right, and uh, so I find uh, me and my experience in being incarcerated, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people felt miserable, helpless, and they just they lacked motivation. And uh, when I came out, I told myself, I didn't just came out. Other people are, are there, and I'm trying to see if I could find a way to motivate them. You know, so this 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 is why I find it's important that I would do it through rap. Yeah, I think. I don't know, to me, w w when I was in jail, like, everyone was, I don't know, uh, believing in God and, like, all, I have all those rituals. And with some people that we didn't believe in God, we just start to rhyme together, like, to do some small battles about realities that we were living in. And I felt like, wow, it's a way to, like, express myself out loud, too. It's not only, like, me and my journal and my paper. It's not, like, my intimacy, because what I live and what I feel, we can share it to other people with other people that with who we are incarcerated and when you go out I think we have to talk about prison we have to say how shitty it is inside we have to say like I'm a white person I'm so privileged and I've been through a year and a half in prison in Mexico but people there are still there since like 20 years without a sentence you know it's like There's so many things that we don't know because it's closed in walls and I think it's a good medium and it's not intellectual, it's not, you know, like, I don't know, I'm not going to say words like, I don't know, politic words that I can read in a book. It's just like talking about a real experience that can reach out to other people who were in jail or are going to face jail or want to be in solidarity with people. Do you want to talk a little bit about the workshop that you're going to deliver tomorrow? 
So usually um, a rap battle show is um, the second step uh, after the workshop we give. Uh, so the workshop are open to everyone and, and we, we learn together how to, to write uh, rap and rhymes. And, um, and then if people feel comfortable in the workshop, they can, they can have their voice on stage. Um, tomorrow we're going um, in, a, in a prison to give a workshop to the inmates. Uh, it's the first time we're doing that. That's very exciting. Apparently, uh, people have already like written a lot of stuff. So in prison, you can you cannot bring like instrumentals or beats. Or, so it's gonna be very kind of simple. <laughs> we're gonna do the beats with our hands on tables on chairs, and uh, that's gonna be fun. Like come back to the roots of the hip-hop, the very roots. Uh, what are you hoping to uh, share or learn from these experiences? Well, I definitely want to learn other aspects, other perspectives of uh, this, uh, this system um, from others. Also, from my side, what I love to do is inspire other people who, like, uh, feel that uh, they want to give up or they don't have nothing to lose so to them going to jail would just be another chapter in their life for them to realize that no no I could stop now whatever I'm doing that's not good and you know start over and avoid jail so avoiding jail is I think that'll be my message I think my message or I don't know how to say that but I'm for prison abolition I think like I don't believe in prison I don't believe in this system that we're living in now and I just want to say that it's not people's fault if they go in jail. It's like fucking jail exists and it's a really bad thing. And I think we should all be more conscious about how prison can affect families, relationships and affect your life for the rest of your fucking life once you're in. And I don't know. To me, yeah. It's just another way to scream how I'm angry and mad about how things go in life. I would say that... Um Jail is just a reflection of our actual society and that um, everybody is responsible for what's happening and that we, sh we have to change the society so to change the, the crime system because <laughs> a lot of crimes are generated by this society of money and, and power and privileges. Um, yeah. There's a lot of jobs. Did you want to add anything else, son? Uh, you just don't want. You just don't want to be in prison, man. You know. And for those people who are there, you know, who are locked up, and and feel like you know, the world forgot about them, and like feel like it, they they they're not living no more and they just exist. You know what I'm saying? I know how it feels, and I didn't forget about y'all. We did not forget about y'all. This is what we're doing. This, and you know, just keep fighting. You know, love. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to, would you be willing to share a couple of the lines that you're working on? I got two arms and two legs. I am just like you. I was born the same way. But why am I doomed? I breathe the same air. I eat the same food. But I can't sit on the same chair or leave the hood. No. <laughs> Thanks for that. You ready? Yeah. 
deux parents en cellule et un bébé en cage pris dans les rouages de la prison dès mon plus jeune âge. Rage de justice, la violence qui brise le silence. Curiosité naïve, courir ivre d'adrénaline. 20 ans à peine, hommage à l'héritage familial. Yeah. On roule des joints dans les pages de la Bible. On fume la foi en attendant d'être libre. Thank you. Hein, je veux pas les voir, toutes ces statistiques qui prouvent un emprisonnement systémique des pauvres, victimes eux-mêmes d'une vie tragique, dégâts collatéraux d'une crise économique qui disent hein, « Je préfère aller garder mes œillères, ouais, et comme une petite eau pressée sous la terre, puis bien tranquille de mon univers, me dire que certains méritent sûrement cette galère, mais qui suis-je pour te jeter la pierre Ne suis-je pas l'héritière de criminels la première D'où viennent le vol, le deal, le puits, je meurtrière, si ce n'est à un plus haut niveau de ce système inégalitaire. Amazing. Um, it's free and all the donation would go to um, to an organization to help people to visit in prison and uh, yeah it's gonna be great there's a lot of awesome artists that gonna perform and of rap slam good atmosphere and cooperation good vibes Thanks for joining us here on the Prison Radio Show on Ski T 90.3 FM. Well, all right. Start ya. Citizens of the universe, recording angels. We have returned to claim the pyramids. Partying on the mothership. I am the mothership connection. Get down in 3D. Light year group. Well, all right. Here in North, ain't nobody but me or Get down. Get it, fellas. All right, all right, start child here. Put a cloud in your stride and a dip in your hip and come on to the mothership. Hustle on over here. The bomb.
nothing but a party. Star child here, citizens of the universe. I bring forth to you the good time on the mothership. Are you here? Doing it in 3D. So good, it's good to me. Ten years. 
seen still familiar from Ben and Road to Ben Hill. Landscape full of crabs, snakes in the grass. You don't watch them, they might off you with a blade from the killing fields. Homie, I'm a sharecropper's daughter, and I still owe. Oh, Nick, oh. Nick, work they wait in gold pot, and still post. Now we go on the sidelines, trying to find an ally, get an affinity for ally. will turn you into a scapegoat. And now you sent to dance, sports and zombies, I've been on the run. Place got me sleep, but when I open wide, insomnia. Thought I paid my dues, watching my music's burning rocks, but obviously I am still mired to a dead that I can wander from. That's Chalk City, Buck 50 for the Glock, any stock. Well, hustle sent the Sunny to Atlantic Ocean, penny stock. Lester starts to fade when the fresh coats every winter stop. I learned all, all I need between these educated city blocks. What you don't know is we are more than the city. We've been so close yet so far. Like vocal analyses, probing deep in your maladies. How the freak can you challenge me? I'm the people's champ alley. See, this is secret. I'm leaking into your psyche. Enticing those seeds to flowers by signing. Peep the analogy. Maybe it was providence polishing this crystal from gravel. Cause how society shun you after existence in babble. No one seems to understand its words are too twisted and fragments. Crumbling and decomposing on the lips of the tragic. Despite it all, the writers with a voice one dimensional. It one line is fraught with cliches, none original. I'm a slice and spiralize. Charades, sun elliptical, naked truth in the midst of masquerades is so critical. Daddy's in the bottom of the bottle, cause he think I'm lost. Keep verses bright, but modern comes a shade to get my point across. This is just what one of many pages in the catacombs, the makings of a barrel from favelas. That's ironic, huh? What you don't know is we are more than the city. We've been so close and so far. just heard the song Metamorphosis by Sarok, and before that we heard Mothership Connection by Parliament. You're listening to an entirely pre-recorded episode of the Prison Radio Show on CKUT 90.3 FM. The next Prison Radio Show will air on Thursday, July 12th at 5 p.m. If you have any questions about anything that you've heard on today's show, or if you wish to be involved with the show, feel free to contact us at prison at ckut.ca. Formerly incarcerated people are encouraged to participate. Folks can also leave a message on our listener comment line at 514-448-4041, extension 2547. If you're in prison, we encourage you to participate in the show in any way possible. 
feel free to write to us at The Prison Radio Show or simply write PRS, care of CKUT, 3647 University Street, Montreal, Quebec, H3A2B3. Thank you for tuning in to this fully pre-recorded episode of The Prison Radio Show on CKUT 90.3 FM. My name is Virginia, and I've been your host for today. Please stay tuned. on the right door if you're looking for something well refreshing you're tuned in to the right station 
You're listening to the coolest station in Montreal, 90.3 FM on your dial. The alternative station, the one that gives you a choice and a voice. CKUT, stay tuned. CKUT! What you say? CKUT! 90.3 FM, kicking it, kicking it, getting a problem. Oh. <laughs> Yes, one, two, one, two. Oh, yeah, see, Nomadic Massive in the place to be. You're listening to CKUT 90.3. Understand. David Suzuki, and you're listening to CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. Information to grow the brain. Yeah, this is Bootsy here, and I just want you to know every Friday, every Friday at 12 noon, 12 noon to 2 p.m. on CKUT 90.3, check out... Yeah! 